cliffcentral.com. So we're going to talk to Dr. Hanan, um, even though complaining about ESCOM has replaced every other thing that South Africans used to complain about over weekends. Now, now we complain mostly about that. So if you want to start a conversation with a South African, just bring up those words, load shedding, and they'll go, let me tell you. Anyway, it is time for mm-hmm. It's Going to Be Okay with Dr. Hanan Bushkin, who's, of course, our renowned psychologist, head of the Anxiety and Trauma Clinic in Johannesburg. And we've got two emails to unpack this week. We'll see if we can get to both, but I'm going to start off by welcoming Dr. Hanan. Hey, Doc, how are you? Hey, guys, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Awesome. Very good. Um, I'm sure you're also excited that's coming to the end of the year and hopefully you get to take a break and people need this break. Uh, Mike sent us an email, said, I've been offered a bursary to complete a master's degree in 2023 on a topic I'm really interested in. However, it does mean I would have to resign from my current job, which pays pretty well. I'd like to use the master's project as a gateway to something I'd rather build a career in instead of the type of work I'm doing now. I'm in my late 20s, so I feel there's still enough time to make a meaningful career pivot. My girlfriend would also have to find a teaching job in Stellenbosch if she comes with. Is it all worth it, or am I upsetting too many things here when I make this decision? What do you think of that, Doc? I mean, we're all faced with difficult decisions, all of us. And this sounds like a really yeah. tough one, but it's nice to have opportunities, and I think for a lot of a lot of people, they want options. And this guy, Mike, has obviously got a very nice option here on the table, something he's really interested in doing. Um, it seems to me like he should just go for it, especially if he, you know, is in his, in his twenties still. And, uh, if his girlfriend is keen to help out and, you know, like also take up a new job somewhere. Um, it seems like a really cool adventure to go on, but am I, am I being too simplistic about this? Um, no, I don't think so. I think the two elements to consider here for Mike. Number one, when people say life is short, they don't actually mean it. What they mean is actually life is unpredictable. In reality, life is long. If you speak to people that have reached old age, uh, you'll be hard-pressed to find somebody that says, oh, my God, my life was too long. Um, they'll say, "This, I had a good run. So um, what you have to remember is that the decisions that you have to make on a daily basis mustn't just serve the current version of yourself. You must be thinking about what will be best for me in the next 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, assuming that you're going to run until then. So you must serve the version of yourself in the future. So especially for Mike, since he's so young, the second element that he has to consider, never mind serving the version of himself that's 25 years old and 30 years old and 35 and so on and so forth, Mm. is that at 20 years old, you are allowed to make plenty of mistakes. As a matter of fact, you must make mistakes because that is how we learn. That is how we grow. That is how we overcome. That is how we develop. That is how we mature. That is how we find our thing by experimenting. Mm -hmm. So people, again, have the misconception that, oh, God, what if I make a big mistake? Remember, life in most parts is actually very forgiving. You eventually make a really consequential mistake. You've got to make a whole error and a number of mistakes eventually to get to the consequential part. Life is very forgiving in the sense that you can make a mistake and autocorrect and make a mistake and autocorrect and make a mistake and autocorrect and eventually get it right. So at 20 years old, not only should he serve and service the future version of himself and ask himself, 
what would be best for me when I'm 25? What would be best for me when I'm 30? Mm-hmm. What would be best for me when I'm 35 and so on and so forth? But I would encourage Mike to go out and go on an adventure. Learn about himself, learn about what he likes, learn about what kind of resonates with his spirit. And absolutely for me, I would recommend that he goes for it. Doc, uh, you say that, but hmm. right at the beginning... Gareth, of- you're muted. <laughs> Sorry, uh, you, you say that, but right at the beginning of your of your of your discussion now, or your or your explanation, you you said that you know future planning and the, the future version of you. How many of us are actually very good at planning, like five, ten years into the future? Most of us can't even plan what we've got to eat today. I mean, we we really are. Life happens to a lot of us, um, despite all our best laid plans, right? How how reasonable and yes. and realistic is it for people to? be thinking 10 years into the future. Who, who's smart enough to do that? Part of the reason we you know, sit in so many of our, of our own bad decisions and the results of those bad decisions is because we can't plan that far in advance. Yes. So, you know, human, human beings, Gareth, are terrible at predicting. We're incredible at adapting, but we're terrible at predicting. If I ask you to predict what your life will look like in five years' time, mm. I assure you, you're most likely going to get it wrong. Oh, yeah. Uh, because there's so many factors that come into play. But just because we can't predict exactly what's going to come up, it doesn't mean that we can't chase that future goal and adapt as we go along. We must serve the future version of ourselves and not the current emotional. If you, if anybody takes anything, kind of the, the core message of this year, at least for me, mm-hmm. is that don't base your decision on how you feel, base your decision on what services the goal. So the difference between, as I've said on the show many times, between adults and children, children base their decisions on how they feel, right? So yeah. it feels good, I'm going to do it, and it feels bad, I'm not going to do it. Adults base their decision or what services the goal. Now, I said a five-year, 10-year, 15-year goal. It doesn't matter. The truth is those are just random and frivolous numbers. The truth is you must serve the future version of yourself. And if you can see yourself just in a year's time or in six months' time, that's good enough for me. Mm. But don't serve what it feels like now. Because if you serve what it feels like now, you're going to be gravitating towards immediate gratification as opposed to what your future self needs. So even though we can't predict what's going to come up, it doesn't mean that you still can't chase the future, what the future might be uh, holding for you. Well, I've got another email here from David, um, and maybe we can address his question as well. I was recently confronted and told I'm needy. Came as a surprise to me. I'm aware of my anxiety and its challenges, but it's a, is it such a bad thing to be anxious or needy? Huh. Right. <laughs> so, so I've got so many questions uh, because what does it mean? And who said that to him? And uh, the person that said it to him, are they that important? And you know what? Th- that's, a very, that's a very important question because we tend to listen to people's advice, but are you really listening to the right person? You know, I say to people, the, the two mistakes that we make when we navigate our way through the world is one, we lean on people, instruments, I call them instruments, that are just broken. So imagine me leaning on my cardiologist to tell me what's wrong with my car or lean, me leaning on my mechanic <laughs> to tell me what's wrong with my heart. So as an example, if I'm having a fight or an argument with my wife, and I now go for lunch with my best friend who's been divorced four times and has cheated on every single one of his partners. Well, that is the wrong 
instrument to calibrate me. I'm leaning on the wrong instrument. Right. And actually that will gaslight me. The second mistake that people make is one, obviously leaning on the wrong instruments, but the second mistake that people make is they lean on themselves to calibrate themselves and nobody can calibrate uh, themselves. Mm -hmm. You'll end up gaslighting yourself. So the first question I would ask is who is he leaning on for that kind of calibration? So who's saying to him he's needy? Because yeah. needy is a very subjective thing. Sometimes being needy um, in the right context in a healthy way is very healthy. And sometimes being needy in the wrong context in the wrong way is unhealthy. So I would, I would question that. The second thing that I would just would like to mention that I think is very important for people to consider is that relationships are negotiated. The rules are negotiated. So there's no such thing as right or wrong. There's right or wrong for a particular relationship. Right. So uh, I might be, let's say, a needy 8 out of 10 in relationship A, which might really work for us and might be the same needy in relationship B, which might destroy the relationship. So to answer the, his question, needy is not good or bad. It depends on the rules of the relationship, and I would advise that he negotiates that in the relationship or what that means. And let me mention one more thing just about communication. I think this will be really, really useful. Okay. When you discuss needs, I've said this a million times, discuss it in specifics. Because for your partner to go, yeah. uh, you're being too needy, I need you to be less needy, that is airy-fairy nonsense. That is airy-fairy nonsense. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. It does not mean anything. So, and I'll give you an analogy. If my wife turns to me and says, Khanan, uh, I need more love. My answer to my wife would be, no problem, but what does it mean? Boil it down to specific actionable things that I can actually take uh, charge of or can control. Because love to me is very different to love to her. Affection to me is very different to affection to her. Mm -hmm. Even if my wife turns to me and says, Khanan, I need to be less needy, my answer would be, no problem, but what does it mean? Boil it down to specific, actionable things that I can actually control. Because being too needy, it doesn't mean anything. It's an airy-fairy concept that I can't control. So I would ask him to actually turn to his partner and go, what does that mean? And what you'll find 50% of the time, your partner doesn't even know what that means. They just want you to make them feel different, but they don't exactly know yeah. how. And that's when you enter into your communication well, and negotiation. Well, if I can just point out a link between both Mike and uh, David's emails here, is that actually it has a, a lot of this has to do with being clear about what you want. Uh, people don't know how to ask for what they want. They, therefore, they're upset when they don't get it later on. I mean, if you've, if you've got some, uh, as you put it, airy-fairy reason for asking for something and you're not clear about your definitions and you don't say, well, this is what I want, Spot this on. is what I need – then you're going to get into a position where you're going to be unhappy with the result because you didn't know what you wanted in the first place. For sure. Mm. Gareth, that is, I swear, that's the number one. Mm. I, when I spend time with couples, 80% of the time, that is all I teach them, how to be specific about what they want. Mm -hmm. They want generally couples with miscommunication. They talk about general concepts. Right. I want you to make me feel X, Y, and Z but they don't talk about how does that translate to what I want you to do for me. Mm -hmm. Most of the time they've got no clue. And once we unpack it and they're able to communicate that, then obviously the relationship becomes much, much healthier. And there's also the, the issue where you may not want to even say what you need or that you need more love because the idea is he should want to give that to me anyway. Yeah. I don't want to ask for it and then for him to give it because then it's not genuine. Right. But what does that, what does that even mean? What does it mean? I need more love from him. 
what does it even mean? Well, you know? well, so, Doc, yeah. I, I mean, to, to also just probe you further on this, on this question of, of neediness, um, since it's what, you know, both, both the emails seem to have as part of them anyway. Um, you cannot make someone else feel a certain way. Like this is, this is like something I've always believed. I might be wrong. I'd be, I'd love you to correct me if you think I am. But if, if you're expecting someone else to make you happy, to give you butterflies in your stomach, to make you cry, to make you laugh, if you're dependent on someone else to evoke those emotions out of you, um, first of all, it's, it's almost impossible for someone to be able to do that consistently with someone else. You'd need superpowers. You'd need like a magic potion to be able to deliver that to people. And is it realistic? Or be a super manipulator. Or yeah, well, even those fail at some point. But is it realistic to expect someone else to make you feel things? Yeah, well, we can fulfill each other's needs, but we can't actually make somebody. We can't even make ourselves feel things. Right. If I said it today, I want you to feel really. I don't know, any, pick any emotion. I mm. mean, how do you do that? It's very difficult to make yourself feel something. If we could, we would. Right. If we could control our own feelings, then we'd all be happy and confident 24-7. We can't do that. We can't just change feelings. And if we can't change our, our, our own feelings, it's very difficult, certainly impossible, to change somebody else's feelings. But what we can discuss is how to fulfill specific needs. And But a lot of people, to your point, Gareth, have got no clue about what they want. Mm. Ask somebody, what do you want? And they will say, I want to be happy. Okay, cool, cool. Let's double click on that. What does that mean? Um, I don't know. I, I think I just want to, like, okay, but what does it mean? And as you double click maybe two or three times, people go, okay, well, I don't know. I don't know. And that's actually a very important answer because now we can actually probe and start figuring out, going on an adventure and trying to figure out exactly what you want because that's how you fulfill it. You can't fulfill a want if you don't know what you want. So the first question is, what do you want? And then you can ask for the other person to dance the dance with you. All right. Uh, anything else you want to throw in there, Leanne? Any, any, I loved your question. A lot of other people did too. Um, that you, 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 you can't. Uh, how did you put it? You said that the, the biggest problem some people have is you, they expect someone else to just know that this is what they want. Yeah, you don't want to ask them because then it mm. feels like it's put on when they give it to you. <laughs> so, yeah, nothing more to add except um, You're very I'm needy. pretty glad I don't, I don't have to think about these things <laughs> at the moment in my life. Keeping it s simple, stupid. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a whole other discussion we could maybe have one morning about whether or not, you know, you, you, you're, you're, Single for the right reasons. Um, yeah, that's a great sure. question. And yeah, that's a great question. Because a lot of people convince themselves, no, 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 I like being single because I don't want this drama that you're talking about now. Mm. Actually, they're desperate to be in a relationship, but they're just they're lying to themselves. They're those people, and then right. there are people who are you know genuinely happy to just be on their own. And I think you get yeah. a lot of people in between those two places too, but we'll talk about that next time, doc. We're out of time oh, for this morning. Lovely. Listen, thank you very much again. And we will speak to you one yeah. more time. I think before we go on holiday, yeah, absolutely. Dr. Good to see you. All right. It is nice seven. It is seven o'clock. Everybody will be back with more in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. Cliffcentral.com.